Hi, I'm Edward Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. Do you really realize how much God longs for you? How much he thirsts for you? How he longs for your time, your attention, your love? He longs for you to give him your whole heart. Have you ever thought of it this way? You know, I think sometimes when we think about the spiritual life or prayer, being a Christian, we think about what we do. You know, did I obey the commandments? Did I show up for prayer? Did I concentrate well in prayer? You know, we think about what we do. Mother Teresa, Saint Mother Teresa, invited us to really think about it from the other way as well. To think about how much God is longing for us. He thirsts for our love. Indeed, he's begging us for for love. And she was overwhelmed by this mystery of Jesus's thirst for our soul. And she spent her whole life pondering those words of Jesus on the cross on Good Friday when he says, I thirst. And I want to take some time today to unpack Mother Teresa's spirituality of I thirst and how it made such a difference for her life and what difference it can make for our lives in prayer and in spirituality today. So welcome back to the All Things Catholic podcast. I'm your host, Edward Sri, and I'm still rejoicing over all that happened in Phoenix earlier this month at the great Focus Conference, SLS Conference. And uh, I know I asked many of you to pray for all those young people that were there. There were about 9,000 people gathered in Phoenix from all over the country, all over the world. Uh, And it was so awesome to to see their faith, their witness. Uh, A shout out to any of you who were there at SLS. I continue to pray for you. I'm praying for you as you go back on campus or back to your parish, back in your diocese, whatever your mission is, that the conference will bear fruit for you in your own soul and all the people that you're serving and and your mission. So that's my prayer for all of you. I also want to mention one other thing before we start here uh, as we're at the beginning of a new year, 2020. I have a new book out. I mentioned this back in December, but it's one you might be interested in here in 2020 because it's a book on the gospel that we're focusing on in the Catholic Church this year. You may know that the church every year has a liturgical cycle. And so one year we focus on Luke, one year we focus on on Mark's gospel. This year, we're focusing on Matthew's gospel. So when you go to mass, the Sunday readings, most of the time are going to be on Matthew's gospel. And so if you want to get to know Matthew's gospel better, check out my new book. It's called God with us. God with us, encountering Jesus in the gospel of Matthew. And it walks through from Christ's birth, his public ministry, step by step, all the way to his death and resurrection. Um, And you can get the book at my website, edwardsree.com. You can find it on Amazon and many other places. Again, it's called God with us, encountering Jesus in the gospel of Matthew. Now, I don't know if you've ever had a chance to go and spend time with the missionaries of charity, the religious order St. Mother Teresa founded. I don't know if you've ever had a chance to walk into one of their chapels, but if you have, you'll notice pretty quickly the chapel is pretty simple. Indeed, it's it's really austere. There's no chairs, no pews, no kneelers. The sisters are taking off their shoes and they sit on the floor or they're kneeling on the bare floor. There's not a lot of ornate art, just a tabernacle behind the altar and maybe a statue of Mary and Jesus. Very simple. But there's one image, one image in every missionary of charity chapel around the world that grabs your attention. It's a large crucifix behind the altar. They always have a large crucifix behind the altar. And then they have two stark words painted in large black capital letters alongside that crucifix. And those two words are, I thirst. 
I thirst, those words spoken shortly before Jesus died on the cross. Now, for St. Mother Teresa, these two words on the chapel wall served for her as a constant reminder of one of the profound mysteries of God, God's thirst. And I want to really linger today and think about that. What is, what is that really all about? You know, the theme of thirst is found many times in the Bible. You see it in the Old Testament. You see it in the New Testament. You see it in many saints. But Mother Teresa had a revolutionary way of understanding those words on the cross, you know. So in times past, when people would talk about thirst, they would often think about the human thirst for God, you know. Uh, like Psalm 42 says, as a deer longs for running streams, so my soul thirsts for you, O Lord. So it's the human soul thirsting for God. And St. Augustine says, you know, our hearts are restless, God, until they rest in you. So we're we're thirsting for God, longing for God. And, and that's all true, of course. There's another way of understanding Jesus's words on the cross, I thirst, and that's more Jesus thirsting for souls. I remember hearing this as a kid growing up in Catholic schools and, you know, we'd hear around Lent and Good Friday that when Jesus says, I thirst, he's thirsting for souls. He, he wants to bring salvation to souls all around the world. And I used to think of, you know, this thirst as Jesus thirsting for souls out there, like thirsting for all humanity in general. What Mother Teresa understood was that this thirst of Jesus was very personal, that Jesus was thirsting not just for souls out there in the world, that he's thirsting for her, for her soul, for her love, for her attention, for her entire heart. Uh, and, and, and he's thirsting for your soul. He's thirsting for your love. He's thirsting for my love. This is what Mother Teresa did. Is she made this idea of I thirst so personal. She once said this. I'll give you a little quote here. She said, at that most difficult time on the cross, Jesus proclaimed, I thirst. People thought he was thirsty in an ordinary way and gave him vinegar, but it was not for that thirst. It was for our love, for our affection, that intimate attachment to him. He said, I thirst instead of give me your love. I thirst. Let us hear him saying it to me and saying it to you. So I'll tell you, again, you, you look at Mother Teresa's writings and you, you look at the in, in transcripts of talks she gave, she's constantly going back to this theme of the thirst of Jesus. And she made it so personal that she encouraged her sisters even to ponder Jesus speaking those words personally, individually to each and every one of them. And, and she even said, you know, maybe put your name before I thirst and imagine Jesus saying to you, Sister Mary Vincent, I thirst. Uh, I think we can do the same. We can put ourselves in the presence of God, sitting quietly at home or in a chapel in front of the Blessed Sacrament, and just prayerfully imagine Jesus gently calling our name and then speaking those words from the cross, I thirst. So picture him saying, Edward, I thirst. Mary, I thirst. Sarah, I thirst. John, I thirst. Put your name. And then hear those words, I thirst. So just picture Jesus, you know, he's looking you in the eye and, he, and, and he's thirsting for your heart, for your love, for your time, thirsting for you to come to him and spend time with him in prayer. And just imagine him saying your name, I thirst. Let me quote Mother Teresa again. Mother Teresa says this, quote, just put yourself in front of the tabernacle. Don't let anything disturb you. Hear your own name and I thirst. I thirst for purity. 
I thirst for poverty. I thirst for obedience. I thirst for that wholehearted love. I thirst for that total surrender. Are we living a contemplative life? Jesus thirsts for that total surrender. Wow, that's that's beautiful. That's beautiful. And you know, what should be our response to this thirst? I mean, on one hand, we should be in awe over this, you know? Uh, Mother Teresa was. She was overwhelmed by this idea that God is really thirsting for us. He's thirsting for me, little tiny me. You know, she once described about how, she, you know, the idea of God being infinite, all-powerful, you know, she gets that, but that this all-holy, all-infinite, powerful God, that this, you know, this this infinite God who's so big cares about me, my little tiny life. Again, that was overwhelming, bewildering to her. And she once said, and she said, you know, that that God who is so big needs something from me, that he he wants my love, he thirsts for my love, he begs for my love. I cannot understand it. I cannot understand it. I cannot understand it, she said. Um, have you ever felt overwhelmed by that love of God? Do you realize? I mean, this is what the saints the saints realized how profound God's love was and, and how God was wanting our love and attention. Uh, I think of the story of the woman at the well. This brings us out so well. If you remember in John chapter four, Jesus meets the Samaritan woman at the well. And if you read the story in the first century Jewish context, its original context, it's, it, it's, it's quite startling, shocking, right? Because the Samaritans were people that Jews didn't have dealings with. They had broken away from the people of Israel and intermarried with the pagans and started worshiping those pagan gods. So all the Samaritans were seen as like great sinners. Um, and, and so for Jesus to hang out with a Samaritan would have been shocking, but even more shocking is the particular kind of Samaritan woman he's hanging out with, because this woman has a past <laughs> and she has a present. You know, this woman has lived uh, a sinful life uh, according to the law. She's had five different husbands and the man she's with now in the present isn't her husband, but Jesus is going to give her a new future. And it, But for a Jew looking at this in the first century going, why is Jesus hanging out with this kind of woman? This is shocking. And yet the gospel of John chapter four tells us that Jesus it depicts Jesus like having this pressing need to go to Samaria. It's as if he's just longing to meet this woman. It is a desire, an urgent need to, to, to be close to her for some reason. Uh, it's interesting. You know, the Bible says that Jesus had to pass through Samaria. He was in Judea, which is in the south, and he's going back up north to his home base in Galilee. And the Bible in John 4 says that Jesus had to pass through Samaria. Now, if you took Google Maps out it, back in the first century Jewish world, certainly one way to get back home for Jesus is to pass through Samaria, but it's rugged, mountainous terrain, and probably not the most welcoming as you have to pass through the hostile Samaritans, you know, you know, so maybe that, that wouldn't have been as, as, as the idea as the ideal route. We know that there's other routes that Jesus could have taken, like along the shore of the, of, of the side of the, the, the Jordan River would have been maybe an easier way to get home. He didn't have to pass through, at least for any geographic necessity. But as some people pointed out, he had to go on mission. It was mission-driven. That's why he had to go. He, he had a mission to the Samaritan people and to this particular woman. He had to go out of love. Love is what drove him to go to that well in Samaria. And as he's sitting there waiting, eventually she shows up and then Jesus speaks. 
what did Jesus say to her? What, what, what's his opening line? Does he say, hey, lady, get your act together. Stop sinning. Repent. <laughs> no, that's not what he does. Uh, does he give her a nice little catechism lesson? Okay, uh, let me tell you who I am. I'm the divine son of God. I took on human flesh. I'm going to die for everyone's sins. I'm the redeemer of the world. You need salvation. I've got it. You need me. Is that what he does? He, does, he doesn't do that. He doesn't talk about what she needs from him. He talks about what he needs from her. I mean, just ponder that for a moment. That's shocking. The divine, eternal son of God needs something from her. Wow. What what could he possibly need? He says, give me a drink. This theme of thirst again, I thirst. And Mother Teresa pondered this over and over again, this idea of Jesus's great thirst there at the, at the well. And really, and if we think about it, this is what, what prayer is really all about. In fact, the catechism makes this point that in prayer, we're like the woman at the well and Jesus is coming to us and he's thirsting for us. He's longing for us to give him that time and attention in prayer, to give our hearts to him in prayer. Uh, and so we, we want to, we want to, be available. We want to be present when we want to satiate this thirst of Jesus. But how startling that Jesus is asking this woman for something. He needs something from her. Now, we know in a strict sense, God is God. He doesn't need the sun, the moon, the stars, the animals. He doesn't need all of us. So we're, 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 the Bible's describing this in, in analogous sense here. But But there is it's interesting, the scriptures and the saints all point to this amazing love, and it's described as a thirst, as a need. Um, here's something that Mother Teresa also said about this, you know, in terms of how do we respond? How do we respond to God's love for us? He said, well, God, it's kind of like, you know, when Mother Teresa would work with the poorest of the poor around the world, she would meet people who were literally dying of thirst. And she tells of like a man who might have been dying of thirst in Ethiopia and she meets him and she drops everything to go get him some water. She does everything to try to, to, to satiate this man's thirst. Well, do we do the same? You know, if you met someone dying of thirst, you would drop everything to go get him water. But would you do the same for the divine thirst? for God's thirst, realizing that God is thirsting for us to give him our whole hearts, to give him everything. You know, oh, I don't know if I want to give him everything. I mean, a part of us wants to follow God. I want to give him more of my life. But there's another part of me saying, oh, I don't know if I want to give him everything. I want to maintain control. I want to cling on to these plans for me instead of surrendering to his plan for my life. There's that inner pull and tug within us. Mother Teresa just points out, you know, no, just as there, if there was a man dying, of dying of thirst, and you would drop everything, you would make it a top priority to go satiate that man's thirst, to get him some water. Do you do the same with God and his divine thirst? When you sense God is calling you to do something, when, when you sense God wants you to make a change, make a sacrifice, or, or more, most fundamentally, to know that Jesus wants you to just spend time with him in prayer every day. Do, do, do you make that a top priority? You know, sometimes we can think of prayer as just like an obligation. Yeah, I got to get some prayer in today, or we treat it like a spiritual chore, like a box to check off the list. All right, there's a spiritual thing I'm supposed to do. It's called prayer. I got it in. Good. You know, no, no. Prayer is the place of encountering God's thirst. And it's that's where God's going to change us. And it's he's going to draw out of, of our hearts, our deepest desires, which are for him. Mother Teresa said this, 
Jesus longs for you. He misses you when you don't come close. He thirsts for you. Do you ever think of prayer that way? Don't think of prayer as just, oh, I got to do it. I got to be a good Catholic. I got to get my prayer in. Don't think of it as like this obligation or this, again, box to check off. Think of it in light of thirst. Jesus is thirst for you. I'm going to repeat that quote. Just, just imagine Jesus saying this to you. You know, Mother Teresa says, he longs for you. He misses you when you don't come close. He thirsts for you. Here near the beginning of 2020, let's make time to satiate the thirst of Jesus in prayer. Let's, let's, let's make time every day to come close to him. Let's really make that a priority. I mean, if your life gets busy and there's breakdowns at home with the kids or problems at work, even if you weren't able to get the full kind time of prayer, even before you go to bed, just go for like a five minute walk or just sit outside for a moment or go find a little quiet space just to like tell Jesus, Jesus, I wanted to be with you today. I thirsted for you. I know you're thirsting for me. I'm sorry I didn't get the full time. Even to give him just a few minutes, if like, you know, that happens every once in a while, you know, like life happens, you know, but, but you're, you're connecting with his thirst and your thirst for him. Make that a priority, you know, get that time of prayer every day with our Lord. He's thirsting for you. He misses you when you don't come close. He thirsts for you. So my friends, I hope this little insight from Mother Teresa has been helpful for you, inspires you to make that time of prayer a priority. That's a good New Year's resolution every day. I always recommend 15, 20 minutes at least every day. We need it. We need that time with our Lord. He needs us, as Mother Teresa would say. Um, if you want more, check out the show notes. Uh, Ascension Press, my good friends there who helped produce the show, they also put together the show notes for this. And uh, you can get those at ascensionpress.com slash allthingscatholic. And we always provide outlines and some of the quotes and other other resources, additional material to enrich your spiritual life. So you can check that out. Again, the show notes are at ascensionpress.com slash allthingscatholic. And as always, you can reach me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, or on my website at edwardsree.com. Thanks and God bless.